Hello, everyone. It is February 12th, uh, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific, if you're watching from the West Coast. And this is episode nine of Business and Bites podcast. Have a, uh, I'm sorry. My name is Emilio Mejia. I'm your host and my co-host, John Hadsman. What's up? All righty. Uh, we got a good episode today, man. Um, one of my longtime friends. Actually, we've been we were neighbors since the third grade. Now that I think about it. Oh. And my, yeah, my mom still lives there. My mom still lives in the same apartment. Um, Jesus lived across the street from me. Uh, so let's bring him in. Uh, my friend Jesus de Ardillas, he is the owner of Miami Enterprise, uh, Miami Premium Enterprise. I'm sorry. How you doing, Jesus? How's it going, gentlemen? Good, man. We're Fantastic. Good. We're good. I want to hear a quick story about a young Emilio before we get started. Do you oh, have man. something? Well, the, the 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 fact that we both lived in front of each other and our moms still live in the same place is pretty cool. Oh man, your mom's still but there man, too. Me and Emilio go way back, man. We used to play basketball. The we went, we played for like every park growing up. It was it was fun. Yeah, we had a. Was he, good, a, was he good at basketball? Got a good job, yeah, man. I used to I used to hate playing against him because he was always taller than me, so he would always block my shots. Ah, oh, man, it's frustrating. <laughs> All right, man. Um, well, thank you for being on Jesus. Um, like I told you, I know I reached out to you a couple of weeks ago, and I wanted to to feature you on here. Uh, me and John just kind of had to get our get our shit together. We can say it right, it's a podcast, <laughs> um, and make this work. So, you know, as I've told you, we have this to bring value to our our audience and to other business owners. And the reason that I wanted to bring you on today was just to kind of share your story. I know you've been through some ups and downs, so. Um, why don't you kind of start us from the beginning and maybe John and I will interject here and there with a couple questions to, you know, throw you off a little bit and then we can go from there. All right, cool. So, yeah, man, you know, when I started my career, my professional career, I worked in banking. Um, I did pretty much everything in the banking industry. I worked there for 11 years. I started with um, with Eastern Financial, which is now Space Coast Credit Union. I did 10 years there. Um, learned a whole lot. Um, and then I went to Regents and I worked there for one year. And then from there, I was I was already tired with corporate. Um, and I decided to jump in and do my own thing. And I always had a passion for cars. Um, I haven't I have OCD. So, you know, I'm, I'm very picky with being clean and stuff like that. So all my neighbors, I would detail their cars and stuff like that. And they were always like, dude, you need to start your own company. Like you're good at this. But I was, I felt comfortable working in the bank um, until that one time, you know, I just, I was just fed up and I decided to go for it. Um, you know, I was blessed to have a supportive spouse, um, you know, that she, she told me to just go for what I wanted to do. And, you know, that helped me out a lot um, because sometimes if you don't have that support, it's kind of hard to start something like that. Um, I agree with you there. Yeah. So, you know, I started Miami Premium Enterprise um, in 2015 when my daughter was four months old. Uh, so I had no guarantees that I was going to succeed. All I knew was that I knew how to detail cars. I had a supportive wife and I just had to work seven days a week. And that's what I did. You know, I started in 2015 and I was literally, if I was not working, 
I was promoting myself. Uh, obviously, I was new at doing all of this, so I didn't really know how to promote myself. I didn't know how to run a business. I didn't know how to deal with people. Uh, I know how to I, I know how to deal with people because of banking, but like it's different when you're dealing with people, you know. And like I'm providing a service to you, and now I expect you to pay me for the service I provided. You know, it was kind of hard for me to transition, you know, into learning all of that. So it was a little bit of a challenge in the beginning, um, and then fast forward to twenty. Uh, 19, I kind of like overworked myself or where I burnt myself out and I had to take a break, um, from that. And I actually went back into working a job. Um, and bro, I was, you know, once you experience like entrepreneurship, I was just, just going to say, I bet you were miserable. Bro, it was, myself, like, it, it have to take a whole lot, a whole lot for me to to go back and i think john feels the same way i think he said he'll even open a different type of business even if it's not it if he has to mm -hmm. Is that right though? yeah i that's for sure i i would if this whole thing flopped for some some crazy reason i i don't see that happening but if the, for some reason this whole thing flopped i'd go reinvent myself again i did it once i could do it again uh i think that's the difference let's talk about that for a second mm -hmm. i think there's a difference in mindset between when you are working that nine to five, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, if somebody's watching and they're like, oh, he's bashing people work nine to five. There's nothing wrong with that. It's this journey is not for everyone or else everyone would be doing it. Right. But Correct. there's a difference when your mindset changes, where all of a sudden a switch gets flipped and you're like, oh, I could just go reinvent myself or I could do this. Or I could, if I want to do something, I could go make it happen versus just feeling completely helpless to mm -hmm. in your situation. Yep. Yeah. How so you, uh -huh, oh, cool, sorry. I, I have a, I have a marker of where you're at. You're at the 2019 burnout so we can jump back in there. Mm -hmm. um, how did you fund yourself at first? Cause a lot, what happens in our field, uh, Jesus, um, we usually have to keep our full-time it job and then try to get it clients on the side. And then once we feel like we're there, then we got to make the jump. Mm -hmm. Right. With, of course it's, it's less of a safety net with a little more guarantee. It's kind of like the middle ground, right? Like I could fail, but I still have a little bit of something, you know, to carry me through. So how did, how did that look like in your journey? So when I started, um, obviously, you know, being in the banking industry, I kind of learned, you know, how to manage myself financially. So I did have a good amount of money saved. Um, and that's how I started this, this business. Like I, cause that one, that's one thing I did not want to do was, start a business with that. You know, I know a lot of people right now, they talk about, no, yeah, you know, you open up a business and you get, you know, whatever amount of money to fund the business. But the problem with that is that people don't understand that that's a huge risk that you're taking. Cause I don't, I can't remember right now the percentage of small businesses that fail. And, yeah. you know, I've always thought like, man, if God forbid my business fails and now I have 10, 20, 30, $40,000 in debt, that's, that's not easy. You know, like you're, you're paying for something that's that's that failed. You know what I'm saying? So that's one thing that I told myself when I start this business, because I always had it in the back of my head. Like I always, you know, I was like, man, I want to start something on my own. I didn't know it was going to be detailing, but I knew I wanted to do something for myself. Um, yeah. But that was one thing I said, if I do start something, I, if I can, I want to do it where I have no debt. 
Yeah, I, I did the same thing, man. And, you know, not knocking anybody that does, but my mindset was the same. If I fail, and not that I was trying to have like a plan B type thing, but mm-hmm. I was just like, I, I don't want to incur any debt with it. And luckily in our, in the service that we're in, you know, initially you don't really need too much capital of anything, to be mm-hmm. honest. Well, same same thing here. Like, you know, you got to buy your equipment. Um, you know, I see a lot of guys that start and they want to get the best of the best. They want to get the $3,000 pressure washer, the generator that powers, you know, three houses together. And I'm like, you really don't need all of that, you know, to get started. You know, I started, you know, yeah, with decent equipment, but not, you know, to the point where I had to like, you know, go in debt to be able to start this business. So if yeah. you do this business, the, 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 the smart way, it really doesn't require you to, you know, start with so much money. So I started, I bought a 97 Astro van, right? I didn't know if that thing was going to turn on the next day. <laughs> I bought all my equipment new, you know, but I was like, you know what? I need to start this way and work my way up. You know, a lot of guys, they think that they have to like show or portray this image of like, they're like super successful. You know, and clients, they're not really looking at that, at least what from what I've experienced. You know, as long as you're a person that says, hey, I'm going to be there this time and you show up at that time, you actually say what you're going to do. Yeah. Clients are going to be there, whether you drive a 97 Astro van or, you know, a 2023, you know, all decked out, you know, van. I agree. I agree with that. And yeah, message to our listeners, um, you, you know, you can do it with used equipment all the time, man. Can do it with used equipment you don't have to go new um you know don't don't try to impress anybody else you know somebody else that you saw doing it that's uh that's how you get the fast lane to getting out of the business probably mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, right, depending, on, depending on your business right how many times have you walked in and you've seen uh a, like a dj audio guy right and he's got the crappiest looking speakers they just sound good no one notices it's in the dark mm-hmm Get some, get some, get some used stuff, man. As long as it works. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. That's good. That's good. Um, but all right, I'll let you. Um, you were at 2019. You were feeling burnt out with with that. I'll let you continue from there. And John, if you want to jump in at any other point to have an off branch conversation, let's do it. Yeah. So in 2019, like I said, I was I was burnt out, and the reason was I wasn't structured. Like I didn't have like now I have you know I have packages that I sent to my clients. Um, you know, before I would just tell people, Hey, look, I just, you know, it was just like a regular car wash, even though I, I offered everything else, but I would just tell people like what my prices was for like a regular wash instead of giving people options where they're like, Oh man, this guy offers different, um, services that they can choose from. So at that time, like it was just, I felt like I was, I was doing eight cars a day by myself, you know, just trying to make ends meet. Um, and then, you know, at that time, I, I literally I burnt out because I was working seven days a week. And, um, you know, I ended up going to a job, you know, because I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, and I did that for like almost a year, man. But I was miserable from the day I started, man, until um, until, uh, until it ended. And it ended right when COVID, um, when COVID started. Uh, so I was I started working for a photography company and we would do portraits for, for the universities. And, uh, when COVID hit, obviously everything shut down 
And man, that was the toughest financial time that I've ever been in as an adult. Like it was, it was tough. Um, and, and then I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to what I know I can do. Um, and in that time I did other things, you know, just to get by, like I sold cars. Um, I worked a, another job with, a, with, with one of my close friends just to like, just to get by, man. And, um, you know, I came back, uh, almost four years ago. I came back, no, three years ago. I came back to, I opened again. Um, super grateful, man. I had told my wife at that time, I was like, look, I'm going to text every client that I had, depending on the, 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 the answers that I get from them is how quick I'm going to come back, but I'm going to come back. Kid you not, man. Like, that's why I tell people when you do good work and you, and you build that trust with people, they'll come back. I literally, I sent those messages. I had, I didn't even have equipment yet. I just wanted to see where I was, where I was standing, you know? I didn't even have, like, I didn't have anything. That same night, I swear to you, I had like 25 people told me, can you come tomorrow? And I was like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Um, and that, that's when I, I, I that, that next day, I went, I literally, I bought all the equipment that I needed to start. Um, and, and I started again, just this time, I started with a different mindset. You know, number one, I started with a mindset that I never want to go back to where I was you know, struggling financially. Mm -hmm. So I still work like an animal now, but now I'm more structured in what I'm doing. Uh, my marketing has changed. I've learned a lot of things along the way um, from YouTube University. Um, I've seen other people that have reached out to other detailers that, you know, been open to, um, you know, kind of guiding me because that's another thing that people struggle with is asking for help sometimes. And I was one of those. I was like, nah, I'm not going to ask this guy, you know, because what is he going to think about me? But, you know, I started doing all these things and I started, you know, implementing all these changes. And man, like my business literally, it's, it's blown up to the point now where like, I just can't even handle the load anymore. That's I get amazing. you. Let me, let me jump in there for a second. Cause you said something very valuable and it's actually how John and I got connected and a lot of people in our peer groups. I'm friends with competitors here locally in Miami and Miramar and Pemba Pines that I've met um through my coach in the group that john's in and we don't tell each other like you know our secret secret sauce but we share a lot of information i mean a lot man like if i'm struggling with something hey have you guys dealt with this how do you handle it if they're struggling with something they pick up and they tell me we have like a group chat or facebook groups and to me that's been the most valuable resource i mean of course you know i our coaches, you know, have taught us all those things that you had to learn the hard way, right? The, mm -hmm. You got to market like this, and this is how you got to put the business out there. And this is how you present your price. Um, John just sent us a message and he said, you know, you start your pricing out at the higher level first, you know, things like that. Like coaches teaching us that gave us like a little bit of a head start, but talking to the other people to see what they did wrong, what they did right, what worked, what didn't work, and then maybe what worked for them Maybe what didn't work for them is something that worked for you really good, you know, mm -hmm. vice versa. And then you exchange those and you go and you implement it in your own companies. And that's what takes you to the next level. So, um, you know, don't don't look at them. I mean, yeah, they're competition technically. But come on, you're telling me there's not enough cars in South Florida for for everybody to eat. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. and I, I think that's that's the thing. We we have this this comment of another friend of mine, uh, Jeff Seaman, if you're watching. 
uh, owns an IT company and we actually are part of a, like a mastermind group. And we, we hang out on Thursday mornings a lot of the time and talk about general stuff. Uh, a couple times we warned each other about clients who called both of us at the same time. And we're like, dude, don't do it. <laughs> right. But uh, we have this thing that we talk about called an abundance mentality. It's just this idea that there's enough work for, for everyone in the city. There's enough IT work. There's enough cars to wash. There's enough people in your business. There's a must, if you're massage, there's enough people who need a massage in your city that you can get people to show up. You just have to have the right messaging and you have to get the people that fit with you. Now I want to go back to something that I heard. Cause I, I want to, I think this is an important lesson because I think one of my first mistakes may have been this, maybe the same thing you were talking about. What it sounds like to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, when you first started, you had maybe lower prices, maybe to be competitive, and you were doing a lot of work for a little money. Correct. Versus later on, you mature in your business and you start raising your price to what's the standard level. And you start doing may still a lot of work, but you start making a lot of money because your pricing is, a, is right in line with where it should be. And I think at least I did this. One of my biggest mistakes, you know, when I first started my business was trying to be the, the lowest guy in town so I can get business. Mm-hmm. And man, say yeah, that you burn out. <laughs> just burn out. So I think, you know, if I was to redo things, I would start out at the if if anything the medium in between the highest guy and the lowest guy mm-hmm. and i would just go after it yeah so one thing that i've learned in business um is that your business is not designed or or not everybody's going to be um for your business you know and I when, I first, right? when i first started it was that you know i i had I don't even want to say what my prices were because it's you know a little embarrassing, but but I I was just trying to get everybody that I can, you know. And once I increased my prices, I started attracting a different type of client. You know, not not to say that I, you know, that I don't want to like service, you know, certain clients, but sometimes when you have the cheapest prices, the people that you're attracting are not the the how can I explain it? They're not the ideal client that you're looking for. We we suffer from that in our, so that's why I posted this, embrace your no. That's what our coach teaches us. When someone's not a fit, it's okay to shake hands and walk away and be like, look, I understand we're not a fit now. We can stay in touch. If your needs change and you feel like our services are, you know, what you're looking for, then we can have another conversation. Sometimes being able to accept a no or being able to accept that the client is not a right fit saves your time because you should know at this point, especially the conversation you and me were having earlier when you said you're looking for someone to hire and it's hard right now. When you're doing it by yourself, your time is everything because mm-hmm. you you can only make as much money as your time allows you to. Yeah. You can scale and hire other people. So the faster you can acknowledge that this client is not ideal for you and walk away, the faster, you know, you get to to that point where you, you know, where you well, know. That and especially in repeat businesses, like where you have the same customers over and over again, and you're looking at business for a long time, you want to have good, the right clients. You want to have the best clients. You don't want to have people that when they call, you roll your eyes. We all do it. 
you know, uh, there's people that call and they're hard to deal with. And you are like, man, you, your blood pressure goes up when they call. Those aren't the right people. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I've learned and I really made a big choice this last year to get rid of, uh, or raise the price of the people who were, were asking a lot for a little. Mm-hmm. And they either they either decided, yeah, it's worth it, or they decided to to go and find the cheapest guy in town, and they're going to get that type of service, and that's totally that's totally their choice. Yeah, uh, I mean that's totally that's totally their choice, and I'm okay with that. Uh, I think that one of the big things that we've worked on this year is consolidating and just going after the, the right people. And now we have a good, we have a really great book of business, a really awesome bet of clients. Mm-hmm. So what was your biggest, so you, you started working again, you started doing packages, you raised your pricing. What other things did you do that were cha- you know changing from one, the first time to, to the next time that you started your business? So <clears throat> social media was a big part of it too. Um, you know, I tell a lot of business owners, if you're not using, if you're, if you're letting social media use you and you're not using it, you're failing. Um, so back when I first started, I would use, I I did use social media, but I was, I would just post like a picture and stuff like that. So I've learned so many other different things. Like I've learned how to do videography. I've learned how to do editing. Um, I've learned a bunch of new skills um, that I've implemented into my business that now, like I have clients that call me because I always like to know where my clients are coming from. You know, I typically prefer like referral based clients, like somebody that's coming from somebody that I know, um, because now I feel like there's some sort of trust there, you know, between me and this new client. Um, but a lot of people that, I that like, that they'll find me on social media. They're like, dude, I, I just contacted you because I see how organized and how, you know, like just the layout of your page. I knew that if your page was like this, I knew you would do a good job, you know, but that all of that takes work. You know, there was times where like I was up to like two o'clock in the morning on YouTube trying to figure out, okay, how do I do this edit? How do I, you know, how can I make my, my Instagram more, more appealing to people? Um, so that helped me out a lot too. Um, just learning how to market myself better. And I started also building my brand, not like, Oh, Jesus, the detail. No, it's Miami premium enterprise. Like making sure that people know who my company is, not me, you know, like my brand. Oh man. man. I walk around brown (laughs) branded everywhere. I'm surprised I'm not playing pickleball with an AM3 shirt yet, (laughs) but I have to play with my hat on. I go branded everywhere, dude. Half I'm of my closet is I'm gonna go buy me some pickleball shirts, then make yeah. put my logo on them. I'm I, but here, here's the killer everything, point about everything that. Branded. I, I I've said this before. Here's what I also heard you say. I'm just gonna rephrase it. You set your business up for maybe not where you are, but for where you want to be. Correct. Here's what I mean. Here's what I mean by that. You just said. You created a brand that's not you. That's that's a company. So mm-hmm. that means you can have employees, you can grow, you can do all the things you need to do to set your business up so that it can work eventually without you. Correct. Yeah, that's great. I love it. All right, since we're there, let's um 
Jesus, you mentioned that you're having issues hiring. Why don't you tell us, uh, you know, what's what's been your up and downs with that so we can share with our audience? Um, so in my type of industry, you know, like there's not, I'm not going to say that there isn't, um, but at least I haven't found um, like people that I can trust. You know, like I deal with clients now, man. I'll give you an example. Today, I had a client that she left her wallet in the car, you know, full of cash, all her credit cards. I have clients that leave their, their Rolexes in the car. But these people trust me. They know that with their eyes closed, they give me their keys and they know that everything is going to be exactly where it was at or organized in a better place. Um, you know, I have clients that give me the codes to their house. Like I had like these people trust me. So it's like, and maybe it's something in my head too, that I'm like, man, what if I hire somebody, um, and this person comes and they take, you know, some money from this person's wallet. Now my, everything that I've worked so hard to build, I lose it in one day because of one person that wanted to take you know, I don't know, a dollar and quarters, you know, from somebody's cup holder, you know, and this happens because I've had clients that I've like new clients and I, like, so I guess like a gift that I have is that I, I love building relationships with people. So people get, they start trusting me fast. Um, and they open up to me and they've had like, they, I've had people like multiple people tell me, no, I, I had hired this company once and they took all the coins that I had in my, in my cup holder. And I'm like, why would you want to lose your reputation? You know, of a yeah. client that's going to pay you. I have clients that pay me $700 for a detail, you know, like, why would you want to lose that client just because, you know, you wanted an extra $5 in quarters or whatever, you know, was in there. So like, I kind of like struggle with that. Um, because I've heard so many stories and I've experienced things like this myself. One time, the only time that I've ever taken my car to wash at a place, this was years ago. Um, but back when I, uh, iPods, that, that's um, when iPods were in, in style, yeah. bro, I had one of the guys working there. I got a bad vibe from the guy as soon as I pulled in, but I left the thing in there. I was like, oh, you know, this is, it's, it's a company, you know, they're not going to do it. As soon as I'm pulling out, I open up my my the the middle console and it was gone. And I was like, oh. So I go back. I I got it back, but I'm like, it's just things like that 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 I've seen happen where like it it scares me to bring somebody, and that and something like that happening to me, you know, and losing mm. my credibility that I've had with these clients, you know, just for one visit that somebody you know decided to do something dumb like that. I think I've got a challenge for you to help you with this. So now, Emilio, get excited because this guy's going to be at our next conference next week that we're going to be at. But I'm listening to the book by Mike Michalowicz named All. It's called All In. And the whole book is about recruiting the right talent and creating the right culture for your business. Mm. And in, in one of the first chapters, he takes two case studies. And I don't remember the two businesses, but they're in the same industry. It's like a like a Kohl's and a Sears, just picking them out. One company had less employees, had the same payroll and killed it. The other one had a ton of employees. I think it was like, maybe it was Walmart and something else, but they had a ton of employees and a ton of overhead. And actually they were paying more out in payroll expenses than, than the other company. And 
one of the biggest reasons why the other company that had less employees was successful, they paid them more money, they took care of them and they created really good culture. And they were the highest paid paying company in their industry. Hmm. So they, and what they were looking for was they were saying, the owner was saying, well, I want to find people who work like me. Would you pay somebody really good money to work like you? Of course you would. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. So, I mean, I'd read the book. It's phenomenal. I'm loving it. I'm halfway through it. It's, it's been, it's made me rethink like how we do things and, and it's, it's super good. But I think that some of the answer to that is we have to find people who loved what they do. Like they love the industry. They love what they do. And we want to be able to pay them a really good wage to do that work and find, and you have to, you have to create and, and find the right people to, uh, to fill that culture. Find And sometimes it's like you find an entrepreneur who doesn't want to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> right there's a ton of driven you've met them there's a ton of driven it's, it's, it's workers a very it's a very thin line so, sometimes it i is. wake up and i'm like you know that's <laughs> <Good> job. <laughs> and sometimes i'm like no you know it's what i want to do so you know but there's some driven <laughs> there's some driven people out there who want the security of a job but they don't want the risk hmm. and that's I the, the kind of people I got, I, I got a quick question for both of you just a quick yeah. yes or no Sometimes I'm driving on the highway and I think about what I have and I'm like, what if this just all goes away tomorrow? Like some people say that having your own business is more um, security than being an employee, right? Because you can get fired and and they're probably right. But just in my mind, I'm like, what if somebody, what if somehow all of my stuff just gets taken away tomorrow? Like the whole business. You guys never think that? It's just me? Like how'd I get uh, here? I do. I do think that. But there's two there's two parts of the coin for that. For one, uh, I built I built this thing from the ground up, and I know I could do it again. The other the other part to that is I I don't buy into the the myth that uh, there's that we we are of equal risk to an employee because anybody can just think about it. Like we just saw in our industry, we just saw Proofpoint. Great example. Company consolidated. Yeah. They're laying off 300 people, right? There, there's, I get to choose my stars and I get to choose how much I work to accomplish what I want. You don't get that in a job. Mm-hmm. You get maybe some recognition depending on your culture. You don't get that. And, and, I, and I'm going to say this, this is just beat John being John. I also have just this level of faith in my creator that if I lose everything tomorrow, I'm going to be okay. And, and really like, what's the worst that happens? I got to go figure it out. You're just saying that because Jesus is in the room with it. But you know, (laughs) but it's true. I mean, it really is. And I've really thought I've had to sit through that. And I've actually had those conversations in prayer about, you know what, if, if this all burns up tomorrow, I'm going to be okay. And now I can go out and risk more because I know I'll be fine. So in my case, in my case, I kind of like, not that it was taken from me, but I kind of like just shut it down because I kind of burnt out and I started again and I'm thriving, you know? So it's like once, I think once you learn 
or you build that confidence that that you know you could go out and make a living for yourself without an employer and you and you and you master that i think like there's there's no stopping you like you know because now you're like man i i did this once you know i was successful at it okay maybe it's not going to be in the same industry but i just got to learn a different skill set and do it in a different industry you know so i think like once you learn you know that's one thing that i that i've you know that i love about being an entrepreneur is that i've learned you know that no matter what like i know i can make money regardless you know so i think that's one of the benefits because when i when i was working in banking that 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 was all that i knew i was like man if i lose my job well i guess i have to go back to another bank job you know so <clears throat> but but as an entrepreneur that's that's one thing that i've learned you know that i i have that that confidence in myself that i know i could build something else good 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 all right um where are we on the story i know we had jumped into pricing and packages. So I think you were talking about once you raise your prices and things are things are starting to pick up again. You're starting to get going here. Yeah. So as as the as I changed all my pricing, I started giving people like, you know, different options. Um, I started seeing people um, that they'll be like, oh, you you do this, too. I was like, yeah, yeah I, I do everything. And because they don't know, you know, when when. When somebody approaches you, let's say like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just talking about my business. Like when I'll be detailing somebody's car, some, and somebody will come and be like, hey, how much do you charge? Before I will be like 40 bucks, you know, what, you know, whatever I was charging back then. And they'll be like, oh, OK, cool. Let's say if I did pick up that client, I just picked up a client at $40. Now the difference that I've seen, obviously, I don't charge $40 anymore. Um, but the difference that I've seen is now when somebody approaches me, hey, how much do you charge? I tell them, here's my business card. Send me a text message or give me a call and I'm going to forward you everything that I offer. And what I've seen from that, just that little difference that I've done, it's been, bro, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, like clients that if back in the, back then, if I would have just told them, hey, it's going to be, you know, let's say my prices now are $100 starting. Um I would have been like, hey, it's a hundred bucks. But now that same client, when they look at my packages, they're like, oh no, let me see. Oh no, man, I want, I want to get the platinum package. You know, like let me let me do that one. Like that one's that one's 500. I want that one because I want to get everything done on my car. Another thing that that I seen um change as well is I learned I learned this from Grant Cardone. He said if if people don't see you or they don't like they don't they don't hear about you constantly. They'll forget about you. Hmm. Well, that's kind of I kind of took that and I put it into how I promote my packages. So on my social media, every time I post a car, I'm posting what package I'm doing. You do. You do. So people are going to start seeing. So my 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 I guess like my most popular package is my silver package. Right. But I believe it's because people see silver package so many times on my page that when they call me, they're like, I need the silver package, you know? But now that silver package, obviously, is not like I'm just upcharging them for no reason. No, I am providing additional services. But now that service went from $100 to two, three, dollars $400, you know? Um, so I've, I've implemented that as well. Um, and these are things that I've learned from, from guys that are like, that I look up to in business. So I just gave an example, Grant Cardone, 
And um, and I'm very active on my social media because of that too. There's there's a lot of competition in what I do. Um, <clears throat> obviously, there's a lot of people that do what I do. Not not all of them do it the right way. But one thing that I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make sure that my clients see me constantly, whether they're seeing me doing a car or they're just seeing my face, me talking to them. You know, because like I try to like throw in some of my personal life too. So people see that I'm a human being, you know, like I, I'm not just, it's not just cars all the time. No, like people can actually have an interaction with me and get to know me on a personal level too. So now I'm able to build more trust with that client. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that definitely works. I do that on my, I don't do a lot of personal, but you know, every once in a while you got to show that you're out with the family and the kids and that you're having a regular life. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you know, it's like AI is making all your posts all the time. <laughs> Dude, I love it. I think I think it's fascinating just switching. Well, learning how marketing works and switching just how you promote your business. And, mm -hmm. you know, in giving, I think I love the idea of we don't do packages necessarily. Well, we kind of do, but we don't do multiple packages in our industry. I don't. I just have one. I, I walk in and, you know, tell people what they need and then we go. But uh Having very few, <laughs> I think this ever go to a restaurant and there's like a menu that's seven pages and you're like, man, geez, this is frustrating. And I think hey, when whatever. it comes to businesses like yours, like car washes, for example, like my regular car wash, they got three choices. I just pick the highest one every time. Yeah. yeah so in, right in, now, my, uh, in mine, I have four. Yeah. So I do four packages and then I have add-ons, you know, that if people yeah. want to add on. But yeah, like that's another thing too. Like if you give people too many options and they're overwhelmed because they're like, oh my God, like there's so many things. And most analysis. of the time they don't even know half of the things. Analysis. <laughs> I think it's called, yeah, yeah. paralysis. You know, they're, they're frozen because it's just uh, option A, option B, option C, option D. Um, I heard yeah. you mention something and, and I know a lot of times when you're doing your work, it's out on the street. So people pass by, they usually ask you something. Think about this, and maybe you've already thought about it. A QR code, like on your water tank or on the car, mm -hmm. and when they scan it, boom, straight to your packages, pop, 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 pop. And then you can even have them book from there, and it goes to a calendar. Ah, hit me up after, and I'll, I'll let you know some websites you could do that stuff on, and maybe, you know, maybe that helps you if that's something you haven't thought about. Oh no, that's but, definitely something I've I've been thinking about. You know, that saves you ten. Uh, that saves you a ten minute conversation sometimes, right? Let's say you're in the middle of something, <laughs> somebody passes by. Not saying don't talk to them, you know, but after familiarizing yourself, look, if you just scan the QR code on the back of my truck or on the water tank, it'll take you straight to my packages. You know, give me a call, send me a text message, and then we'll coordinate your next visit. Mm -hmm. you know, lead them to your first time appointment. <laughs> my, my marketing coach would be proud right now. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, you have any other, uh, or sorry, I'm not going to cut you off. Is that, are we kind of arriving at the, at the end of it or, or you got more for us? Uh, no, man, that's pretty much it. Um, you know, yeah, just once, once I, once I changed all of that, you know, I, I saw the, the big difference in, in, in my business and in my income, you know, like, um, one of the things, you know, just, this is probably a little bit off the, the, the subject, but I'm pretty sure there's other entrepreneurs or people that are listening to this that might want to, you know, become an entrepreneur at some point in time. Uh, one thing that I that I that I tell people is have a big why, 
You know, like my why was I didn't want my wife working a job anymore. Mm. You know, that's one thing that I told myself, man, I'm going to I'm going to work until I achieve that. And I did. You know, now my wife is able to stay home with the kids um, and, and be there, you know, for them, because that was something that was very important to me. So I tell people, like, when you're starting a business, make sure you have something that's big enough, like a big enough why that when those hard times come that you feel like quitting, that why is going to bring you back. Like, oh, no, this is why I started this, you know. So it's a little bit off the subject, but, you know, I've, I always like to tell people, you know, especially people that are wanting to do something for themselves is that, man. Oh, that's good. I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you to give everybody one big takeaway and, and you kind of jumped in and said it right there without me even having to, to prompt you for it. So that's good. That's a good no, message. Yeah, man. That's, that's, to me, that was the biggest thing, man, that's helped me, you know, go through a lot of obstacles, you know, because you, you go through a lot of things, man. Like a lot of people want to become entrepreneurs, but they they don't know how hard it is. You know, to nobody do. wants to pay. Nobody wants to pay the entry price to success because mm -hmm. it's a big that bill's big. It's a big bill. Yeah, and it's not man. only and it's financial and it's emotional and it's mental and it's everything. Mm -hmm. And nobody wants to pay that price sometimes. Yeah. They just see the nice. They see the good stuff. You know? Yeah, I see. I have people that see me now, and they're like, "Damn, dude, I want to do what you're doing." And I'm like, "Yeah, but I've been I've been at this for almost nine years." You know, I was like, "You should have seen me when I first started." You know, where I didn't have nobody, I didn't have no clients, nobody knew who I was. You know, um, yeah. I wasn't making no money. You know, because I didn't I didn't know how to charge. I didn't I didn't know any of that. You know, so it, yeah. it takes time. But as long as you don't give up. You know, you just keep pushing at it, man. You'll you'll figure it out, right? And that's why we're here. I think that's the, that's the big thing that we're working on with our our podcast and the the people we surround ourselves with. I think makes the biggest difference. And those are the people who keep you encouraged and help push you the right direction. And and say hey, you can do this. It's, it's funny how I don't know if this happened to you, but how many people. When I said I was going to quit my job, they're like, why? <laughs> right. I had so many people question my my decision making. And why would you want to go work for yourself? I was like, well, I can tell you a couple of reasons why. You're one of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, my old boss. Anyways, <laughs> but, but, you know, like, I think that goes down to, I guess what I was trying to say was, the more we surround ourselves with the right people, the more we surround ourselves with the right, like you're listening to podcasting, you're listening to writing, you're reading books, listen to books like we are, and we figure it out and we move on to the next thing. And here's what's cool is if you're like us, we're constantly developing ourselves and in five years, we can do another episode and see where we're at. Mm -hmm. And I think with the right mindset and the 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 uh, resilience and the persistence, we can do. I mean, we can literally do anything. And I mean, uh, I, I I firmly believe that you you're gonna just keep on killing it. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, man. I'm, Here's I'm, a, I'm, I'm gonna finish this with a quote that I actually sent Chris. Uh, and so this is from, uh, Calvin Coolidge, you know, an ex president. He said, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not, 
Nothing is more common than an unsuccessful man with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The full, the world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. Yeah, I think the one of my biggest takeaways from Chris's last event was you can't do the same, you can't do the right thing for 30 days and get the wrong results. And that's what I've been since November. That's what I've been on with my networking, with my events, with my table and booth setup that you guys just saw me post um a week or two ago. So yeah, man. Um Jesus, thank you very much for joining us, man. I'm going to give you a minute or two. Tell the people about Miami Premium Enterprise. Let me go ahead and put your information on here so they know how to contact you. Um, let them know what you do, uh, your specialty, anything you want to let the people know. So pretty much Miami Premium Enterprise is a company that <clears throat> services any type of vehicle. Um, we do all type of detailing, um, you know, from maintenance details to full details, um, you know, if you wanted to reach my company or reach me, you could obviously read, um, call the phone number in the bottom that you see there, the 786-838-3560, or a lot of people reach me through, um, Instagram, uh, which is Miami underscore premium underscore enterprise. Um, so I get a lot of people that, that reach me out through, through there. The majority of the people reach out to me, um, through, through Instagram or text message. But if you're looking for, for a company that's reliable, that you can trust, um, Miami Premium is that company. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. Well, again, uh, thank you for joining us. Um, you know, like John said, in a couple of years, let's all level up and, and let's have this conversation again. And then we'll talk about from, you know, now to then, you know, what we change, what we not. And we'll give some people some more content to digest. For sure. Awesome. Right, Thanks thank for you, being man. here. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for having me. No problem. All right, all right, all right. Man, I love it. I love these conversations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all and not not saying that he failed, but it's always good to fall, fail, whatever you want to say, upward. And this that's the that's the score. The that's that's how you know a real entrepreneur. Right, they get up and do it again, or they do it better. They from what they learned versus just agree, agree. throwing your hands up in the air and be like, "I'm done with this, and I'm never doing that again." You know what I mean? So yeah, that's a that's I, mean, I love it. That's a, a great story. I so agree. cybersecurity, I, I I sent you, and I hope you got the message. Uh, I did get the message. You, uh, you dealt with, uh, with business enterprise uh, yeah. business compromise. I had a business email compromise to uh, this week, and I want to explain. For our audience, number one, what is a email business compromise? Because I think that one of the biggest things I hear from people when we're doing the sales process or we're talking to people about cybersecurity, they say, well, I don't need that crap. All my stuff's on the cloud. Yeah. And and so I have a company that uh, has been doing business. They've been a client for a couple of years. They're on a cybersecurity package. Uh, the owners, two of the owners, two of the principals, got phishing scams this week from one of their clients and it looked so real because it was a document and they normally exchange documents back and forth with them. It looked so real that they clicked on it and they follow the, the prompts Prompt. to put in their Microsoft information 
and they even clicked the authorized for two-factor identification all of it. So yesterday, I was playing pickleball because that's what I do on Mondays and Thursdays. I was playing pickleball a little bit early. I was uh, playing a little hooky, got got off a little early when I played pickleball. And uh, and my guys were teams in me as I'm looking at my watch while I'm trying to swing, you know, and <laughs> uh, that was a bad game. I lost anyways. <laughs> so uh, so they say they said what was going on and we just immediately saw where it was at from Russia, locked the accounts down and did all the steps. And and I want to talk about why this is important to realize. So threat actors were in for around an hour. Like that's not like no time would be better than an hour. But the reality is the average time that someone is in an email compromise. So the average time that a threat actor is in email for somebody who's not monitored is 120 days. I thought it was 60 days, but still a lot. Uh, I think the newest one. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think it's I think it's a hundred between it's well we'll just say between 120 and 60 days. I'm, I'm shooting from the hip. I'm not going off yeah. any data yeah. that I think I saw. I'm I, shooting from I the was, hip. I grabbed it off my slideshow. That's that's how I know. So got it. Uh, but even then, so you think even so, say 60 days or a month or two months versus one hour. So in the end, the the threat actors from all of the the research and looking into the the event, they looked at two documents. They just previewed two documents, no downloads, no emails gone out, none of that versus the other client who sent them this stuff had probably had the threat actor in their system for at least a week. I'd be willing to bet before they started sending out emails. And this is where we want to talk about, like, it's really important to take steps to be monitoring your email system to make sure that, you know, if someone logs in from outside the country or you know if all of a sudden somebody mass downloads a bunch of files. And if you don't have somebody watching out for your business, how are you going to know those things? They're thrilled. I got off the phone with talk to two of the principals today, and they're like, thank God. You just resigned your, you your contract for the <laughs> yeah, next six years, exactly, by the way. Right? You know because, You're not right. losing that client for the next six years unless you do something really, really bad to lose them. You right. have that client for the next six years at least. Right. Right. Because they literally just saved, they they could have been in a worse position. And I actually said, Hey, have that other client give me a call and we'll see if we can help them fix that problem and not have that happen to them again. Because that's I guarantee you that could be the easiest referral you get in a long time. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But here's here's what the point of why I bring this up. It's not the tooth the horn, although I'm feeling pretty proud of our team. <laughs> it's really it's really for us to take a step back and realize that you you can't just believe that because it's on the web it's it's safe. I think it, you're you're equally as unsafe having a server, maybe even more so than you are on the cloud. But every single one of those things you can't stop mistakes from happening. And with all the the tools in the world, I can't stop somebody who gives away their two-factor identification and gives away their information. There's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. And it goes back to like, you know, we've got this book that I released, which I don't have. I've got them in boxes over here in my truck. But but talking about just the title of it is is that, um, that your business will be hacked. And even with all the tools in the world, which we have deployed, 
it didn't stop somebody from Russia logging in because the client messed up and gave their information away. But what we did do is we kicked them out. I'm sure that Russian was cussing because all of a sudden he gets log on screens and he's locked out and he can't get back in and he's lost his opportunity. Now he's got to go move on to the next one. Yeah. I tell clients, it doesn't matter how many security solutions I put in place. If you give somebody your username, password, and your two factor authentication, they have access to anything that you had access everything. to. Absolutely. And now they have to jump around in. Absolutely. So, uh, like, and that's what me, we talk about. We talk about this on multiple occasions. I know. I've got. I know. I need to actually have one out. Bring me a copy, and I'm going to bring you a copy of mine. Okay. We'll exchange next week. Okay, we'll exchange, and then we'll show each other's books in our next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's just the whole thing. We've we've gone over multiple different cybersecurity events, the ones in Las Vegas, a lot of them recently, and every single one of them comes back to user error. Yeah. Including the one we dealt with. And the big question is, are you going to create, we talked about that two episodes ago, are you going to create a culture that that gets your people ready to look for the correct type of, uh, or, or they're going to be able to spot uh, cybersecurity phishing emails or, or take the right steps? Uh, or are you just going to basically ignore uh, ignore that and cross your fingers? And fortunately, these guys didn't cross their fingers. And yes, they made a mistake that in a different world without us would have been really costly. Yeah. So yeah. anything you can add that you want to add to my, my rant no, right. about have, um, a, have a company, man. Have people looking out for you. Uh, I, I agree with you 100%. I, I can't say how many times someone's come to me after they've been hit. And if it's past the 90 days, you know, Microsoft, unless you have something special in there. After 90 days, you can't really see the audit trail. Yep. And I'm like, I can see what they did now that still resembles it, right? Like the emails being deleted or the email being rerouted to an external Gmail. But I can't see how they got in or what they did as soon as they got in because you waited longer than the 90 days. Yeah. Not that you knew, but because you didn't have anything in place, you, you didn't know. You know? Right. Yeah, so, exactly. So, yeah, I agree with you. Um, get in front of it. If you get in front of it, I'm not saying you can always prevent it. But as we mentioned in last week's episode, you can limit the blast radius. Yeah. And if someone sits in your system for 90 days and you all of a sudden just now notice it, it's and they're sending out emails as you, it's it's kind of it's not too late to solve the problem, but there's a good chance they've got a lot of your information already. These yeah. guys were looking around at the time when we got them kicked out to see what they had. And because our team was on the ball looking at tickets and we got a cool security team, it was a, it was a matter of uh, they got nothing. <laughs> you know, they got a they might have got a screenshot of something. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I think that it's just a matter of just being ready and prepared and thinking, thinking things through and not not thinking that just because it's on the Web, you're in good shape, because obviously we know that's not true. Yeah, I know it must have felt good because I know, you know, in the positions that we're in, everything is good till it's not. And it's good to know that when it's not that, you know, you have, you know, your doorstopper there per se. Yeah. And I think the part of it is, is that the first five minutes when you see the the compromise tickets. Yeah. And you, you know, you're like your heart drops for a minute That's and then why. you're in emergency mode. Let's get this done. 
And then after we, we had our security team audit everything and do some forensics, we looked at, okay, Hey man, we were fast and we did a really good job of taking care of our client. And, and so that was super exciting for us. So that's awesome, man. Proud of you guys. Make sure you ask for that Google review. I will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trust me. Uh, they're already working on a referral for me. <laughs> right. Oh, I should have told. Awesome. I should have told, told Jesus that. Um, he's listening in the stage, I think. Um, to try to get Google reviews, testimonials. You know, just like a quick video clip or something. I'll tell him when we go back. Oh, but, um, yeah. You know, one of the best tools. Oh, what was the name of that? I had a tool that I used uh, for Google reviews, and I loved it. Uh, and I can't remember the name of it, but literally for every invoice I sent out, it actually automatically sent out a Google review, um, a nice. Google review forum. I right. found we'll it from it somebody. Uh, we'll look it up, and, if look you can't it up. Find it, and we'll add it to the next episode for tips. Yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. And it was one of those things that I was like, man, once I, and seriously, I, this is when I was running, um, this is when I was running a repair shop. Uh, and it quite literally, I saw my Google reviews, like jump like 60%. It was nice. nuts. And I was getting, and I was getting, we had really good work. So we were getting five, five star reviews on a regular basis. Uh, and so, yeah, every invoice like clockwork, they, they got a Google review request and we saw our, uh, you could see the day where we started it and it was, it was phenomenal. So I'll, uh, if I find it, I will, when I find it, I will throw it in the show notes. Uh, because it's also, we'll also mention it next. We'll also mention it next show. I think that's something everybody can benefit from. Yeah, for sure. Especially if you've got a business like that, you send a lot of invoices and you're doing a lot of consumer stuff. So yeah, love it. Well, all right, man. Um, great episode. (laughs) Thank you everybody for listening to episode nine of the business advice podcast, the solopreneur story. Um, hope you join us next week, February 19th with CC from a uh, digital marketer. So digital marketer, okay, if then, you have any questions. Let's say this too. Keep your eyes open on Facebook because we're going to post some crazy stuff probably from Phoenix. I don't know what it's going to be, but we're going to probably do some interviews. We're not going to, not that kind of stuff. We're going to, we're going to do some interviews. We're going to meet with people. We might sit down and steal. I bet. I bet Chris is be doing his podcasting seats again. We might steal his chairs. <laughs> we'll see if he lets I'm with, us. I'm, I'm and uh, and I'm gonna. We're gonna do some cool stuff. I'm excited for this next week, and I look forward to uh, yeah seeing you guys uh, again. Hey, don't forget to leave some posts, some comments, and if you're watching this online, Facebook or LinkedIn, uh, or if you're watching on, uh, I, I'm starting to see traction on Apple. So leave a review. That'd be phenomenal. We are great. uh, Grateful that you're here watching with us and uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Later, everybody.